I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. so good to see you. Can't wait to see everybody in person once again. Today I have our scripture reading, the Ten Commandments. I'm reading from Exodus um, chapter 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that they, so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in the smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you. So the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
wonder today if you feel like you have enough. Take a second and ponder that question for, for yourself. Do you think that you have enough? You might now be thinking, enough what? <laughs> enough anything. Do you, do you feel like you have enough money, for example? Do you, do you think you have enough? Or do you scroll longingly through Wayfair or Zillow or some other online catalog of expensive goods? Or do you feel like you have enough time? Or do you tend to complain that life's too short? Are you always attracted to, to systems and products that, that do things quicker? Do you lose your temper at the stop sign when, when the car in front of you won't drive ahead when it's their turn and you can't move until they do? Or how about this one? Do you, do you think you get enough love? Or, or do you look jealously at other couples who seem wrapped up in each other, meticulously counting your, your birthday cards or your status likes? and despair at how few there are. Or, or like me, wonder why the cat always prefers to sit and purr in Chris's lap instead of mine. Perhaps when I first asked the question, you thought, sure, I, I feel like I have enough. But, but now you're not so sure. That's the thing. If there is one anxiety that most people can share. It's an anxiety about not having enough. And honestly, it's, it's just as well because the economy depends on people thinking they need just a little bit more, right? If, if the secret got out that you don't in fact need that new car to impress a girl or that families have the ability of being more civil to each other without that delicious new breakfast cereal, or that it's possible to have sophisticated personal engagements without that, that new, highly sophisticated interpersonal gadget on which to note one's personal engagements, then not only the advertising profession, but, but half of the manufacturing industry too would cease to exist, right? If there is one anxiety in which we find common ground, all of us, of which we all know a little bit about, it's that feeling of not having enough. And, and so as we begin this new sermon series, I want to begin by saying that I believe at the core, at their core, the Ten Commandments, this ancient and seemingly antiquated text which has been largely relegated to courthouses, right, as irrelevant symbols of another time, that the Ten Commandments, I believe, at their core, are God's way of, of tearing apart, dismantling that nagging assumption in all of us that there is not enough. Throughout the summer, we're going to explore each of these commandments and read them alongside some of those iconic, amazing narrative stories of the Old Testament and figure out where they came from and, and what God meant and what they're all about and why they were and still are important and what Jesus has to say about them. But today, as we begin, 
I just want us to start shallowly here in this space and in this call and this good news that every one of us needs the Ten Commandments as God's way of dismantling that feeling in you, in me, that there is never enough. So, so let's have a little fun and jump around in, in today's text a little bit. I'm going to jump to the Eighth Commandment. Let's look at the Eighth Commandment. You shall not steal. Think for me for just a, think with me for just a moment about the, the psychology of stealing. I'm not talking about the kind of stealing documented like during Hurricane Katrina when people running nursing homes in, in New Orleans broke into supermarkets when they ran out of food for, for their residents. I'm not talking about desperation, stealing and desperation. I'm talking about that state of mind that says, it doesn't matter if I fiddle away my expense account because they're a big company and they can wear it. Or they're the government and they're incompetent or they won't notice. And anyways, it makes up for what they don't pay me. That state of mind that says, I have, I have to publish that data. Even though it's someone else's research and not mine because I've got to be recognized so I can get that promotion. Stealing is saying that if, if there, there isn't enough in the world, and if I'm going to have what I need, then, then someone else is going to suffer. Or let's look at the fourth commandment. Still jumping around a bit today. The fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day. Think about the, the psychology of working every day. It, it has to be done only I can do it. Everybody is depending on me. There is not enough time. It's a, it's a competitive world out there. If I don't get this contract, someone else will. If, if I put a bit more time in this proposal, um, it, it'll be perfect. I'm not clever enough. I can only, I can only make up for it with hard work. I'm, I'm so busy. I'm always busy because somebody's got to do it. Breaking the command to rest is saying there's only one savior in this universe and it's me. There isn't enough time, but, but I might just pull it off. <laughs> I have to get that promotion. I have to receive the recognition. It's, it's got to get done and I have to do it and I can't stop. Or look at the seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. And we all know that adultery is, is more often a symptom than a cause, right? But the mindset of adultery is, is simply that one is not enough. By contrast, marriage is that great proclamation that, that one is plenty. All is focused on, on a single other another mind, another imagination, another myriad of experiences and energies and enthusiasms and enjoyments. One other person is, is always more than enough. But when you believe that that person will listen to you until you run out of things to say, when you trust that that, that person will wait for as long as it takes for you to understand why you are the way you are, and when you realize that that person will always impute the best motives to your actions, however clumsy you feel inside. 
You don't need to grab the biggest piece of cake anymore because you are one body and, and, and her eating or his eating is, is as good as you eating it. You don't have to have all the witty punchlines for yourself anymore because it's not a competition for attention that only one of you can win. And so you shall not commit adultery because one is enough. And, and look at the third commandment. You shall not make wrong use of the name of God. Think about what is in our minds when we do so. It's when the language at our disposal doesn't seem to convey the strength or depth of feeling in our hearts, right? We hear a ripping sound when we we put on a treasured item of clothing. Oops. Our, Our favorite sports team is losing and the weakest player on the team misses a golden opportunity. We, we hang on the telephone for, for 20 minutes and this voice says, we value you as a customer and we'll be with you shortly. <laughs> Somehow, language seems inadequate to express the depth of our distress in those occasions. And so we invoke the name of God. We make the holy into the trivial and thus impoverish the language. And whenever we exaggerate, we do the same thing. We say the truth is somehow not enough. Don't invoke the name of God against call center operators. And don't invoke God's name to make your life sound that little bit more eventful or interesting or spiritual, you shall not make wrong use of the name of God. And then there's the second commandment. You shall not make yourself an idol. Surely the psychology of this is that God is not enough, not big enough, or at least not near enough. And so I shall make a God I can relate to, a God my size, a car perhaps, a career perhaps, even even the scales that tell me how much I weigh. Now we're starting to get nearer the heart of the problem. There's an abiding anxiety that we don't have enough, not enough property, not enough time, not enough love, not enough language. But the heart of the matter is that we feel we don't have enough God. For all of our hymns and services and prayers and moments of truth, God is not enough. And that's why the moment in which God speaks these words, the Ten Commandments, is so significant. Israel has come out of Egypt, but is already beginning to wonder if it wouldn't have just been better off staying in Egypt. This is the moment when God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. I have met your deepest yearning and I have exceeded it by giving you the promise of a land to settle in. I have been with you in the darkness. I have listened to you in your despair. I led you out of death and dispersed your enemies and guided you by my own hand. I have set you free. 
I am the Lord your God. The problem is not that I am not enough for you. It is that I am too much for you. Your imaginations are simply too small to comprehend me. And what you don't know is that this is just the beginning. I am the creator of heaven and earth. I have set you free. But I will also be faithful to you through unimaginable betrayal. And I will come among you myself in the form of my only begotten son. I, I, I love every creature I have made, but I treasure each one of you as if you were the only one. I forgive you even when you have let me down 70 times seven times. Can you imagine that? No, you can't. We can't. We still, we still fall into thinking, I'm not enough. We get anxious. And, and when we get anxious, we start wanting more gods, more money, more things. I gave you manna in the desert, far more food than you ever needed, and you still collected on the Sabbath because you feared there wouldn't be enough. I gave you water in the desert, but still your thoughts were straying back to Egypt. If only you could let your imaginations go and enter the land I am promising you and let me set you free. But in the meantime, here are some rules. Here are some rules I re remind you of what matters most that I am more than enough, that my abundance is always greater than your scarcity. Here are some rules, some commandments. Have no other gods. More of them means less of me. Have no idols. They will never be remotely enough, and, I, and, and they're going to lead you to forget that I am plenty. Keep the Sabbath. I will give you all the time you need. Look after your aging parents and, and, and don't steal. I will give you everything you need. Don't, don't kill. They are a part of the everything I am giving you. Don't misuse language. Yes and no will be enough for you. Really, friends, it, it comes down to the first and the last commandments. Here are you, anxious and covetous, looking at all the fun they seem to have next door, the great parties, the great sex, the amazing children, the plentiful friends, the healthy bodies, the gorgeous golden retriever, and all the time feeling more and more and more impoverished, more and more deprived, more and more sorry for yourself, more and more trapped in your stunted imagination, more and more a slave. And here, says God, am I, meticulously creating you and all your in intricacies and beauty, setting you free from the darkness of prisons,
for giving you time and time and time again, even when your greatest hatred is for yourself and coming among you to be your companion in Jesus. Just you and just God face to face. And that's the moment when God stretches out two hands and gives you the Ten Commandments just like you were Moses. And God says, I have, I have set you free. You may forget that. You may fall back into thinking or feeling that I am not enough. A lot of people do. And so here, here are some gifts for you. They will help you remember your freedom. They will challenge your imagination to realize that I am a God of abundance who gives you more than enough, far more than you could ever, ever want or need, who created galaxies no one could ever see, who has depths of forgiveness no sinner may ever require, who gives you in Jesus more love than you could ever realize. And we take the gift from God's hands and we look into God's face and we say, may these commandments be to me always a gift and never a burden, God. May they always remind me, God, that you are the one true God who has set me free. God, write these words on my heart so I never forget that you are always more than enough. And now I realize with you, God, one is plenty. I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me today? God, you are more than enough for us. We pause this morning and take stock of all the ways we don't feel like we are enough or have enough, enough money, enough time, enough love. And we are reminded that you fill all those gaps. With you, one is plenty. And so we enter into that covenant relationship with you, God, where you choose us and we choose you with our whole hearts, our whole minds, our whole selves, with all of our strength and soul and heart and beings. So that you are our one. Our one who is three in one. The one we commit to and the one who shows us what beautiful, blessed community, mutual love looks like. The one who sets us free and hands us gifts to guide us along the way. Gifts like your commandments. God, I ask that, that you would open up our hearts and minds through the rest of this series to be open to what you might be saying to us, how you might be leading us, where you might be calling us, how you might be stirring in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives to lead us back to you 
to lead us into deeper relationship with you, to lead us into knowledge of who you are, God, at your core, the one who is always enough. We join together in that prayer that you taught us to pray through your son, Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I invite you now into a time of response with this next song that will be the song of our series, the song about the Ten Commandments and about God calling us into relationship with God and into interaction with this gift that God gives us. Would you reflect and, and would you would you give as a response to this God today? Table.